0: This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction. And free shipping. And that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements. Featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Borough purchase at borough.com slash acast and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at borough.com slash acast. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly
1: supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. So the only thing left to say is... You in? Order now on the McDonald's app, and you can also get reward points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18+, plus. rewards registration required, points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com.
2: Jepson's there, Billy did. The goal, Chris Philly, Huddersfield Town! The most famous goal of Chris Billy's life. Is this the moment for Lee Fowler? It is. Take your place in Division 2, Huddersfield. Hey,
1: thank you. Steve Simonson's boots now. He's missed. Steve Simonson clears the frame of the goal and collapses in a heap of tears. Huddersfield town a promoter...
2: Christopher Schindler has a chance to write his name in Huddersfield Town Legend. And he takes that chance!
3: Hello and welcome to episode 153 of the Andy Takes That Chance podcast. Well, that went well, didn't it? Mike Fotheringham's charm offensive hit the defences of Reading and the Terriers slumped to a worrying 3-1 defeat. If this was an audition for the new manager, then many players have failed pretty badly and won't indeed be getting the role. Uh, Joining myself, Matt Shaw, to discuss the latest happenings in HD1 this week is a man who was hoping to gobble up three points, but will just have to make do with whatever's in the kitchen this time. A warm welcome back to the podcast to Phil Senior. Evening, how are we doing? Good buddy. Uh, joining him shortly uh, is a man who uh, was accused of being Sober Thomas's dance partner on Twitter over the weekend, and that made me chuckle. Um, Pozzo will be with us momentarily, I think he's just in the kitchen making a snack as well. It's all about the snacks, isn't it, this week. And fresh from a first birthday party, I just hope that he was invited, it's Johnny Gillespie. How are we doing? Tired, but yeah,
4: uh, can't wait for this. <laughs> Good.
3: Yeah. Right right yeah. I think we're all uh, we're all thrilled to be here aren't we? after uh, another defeat. But this episode as always is sponsored by Magic Rock Brewing. If you go to www.magicrockbrewing.com and fancy some goodness on there on the website, uh, use the code AHTTC10 and you'll get 10% off courtesy of our good selves and I think it's still free delivery for uh, any of us orders over around 45 pounds. Right guys, so uh let's talk about the new man Um, Brady and co have covered a lot of aspects of this uh, on the preview show Uh, so we won't go over too much uh, ground if you like Uh, but we did have an unabridged 38 minute press conference whereby Mike Fotheringham said a lot of good things I thought but it was always going to be about what happened on the pitch wasn't it Um, I think we're a bit long in the tooth now to listen to somebody ramble on about things and praise certain people in areas and say how good Huddersfield Town are but it's what goes on on the field, doesn't it? That matters. And um, what have you guys made of the introduction of Mark Fotheringham, Phil? You've not been on the podcast for well, first one this season, so I think people will be interested to know. There's obviously some things that you can and can't say because uh, you've got friends, haven't you? In in good places, you've got lots of friends, as Phil. Um, what have you? What did you make of um, the managerial change and Mark Fotheringham so far?
1: Yeah, I think, um, obviously, in terms of, what well, with Scoey, it was um, a difficult situation. You know, we've just been spoken, we're speaking before we came on, and you know, it's never worked well when you put a coach into a managerial position where he's, he's, he's made friendships, exactly, with with the players, and I think it kind of showed some of that. Um, some of the players, I don't think, from, from my point of view, didn't seem to have as much respect for him. Uh, and this is from the outset, I have no idea what's going on inside the club, but... Um, there were a couple of, you know, quite visual things on the fields from certain players where you read in between the lines that it probably didn't um, have their support. So it was always inevitable that um, it was going to end up um, leaving. And, and the results showed obviously that it, that it wasn't good enough. So um, you can't really argue Um an interesting introduction for the new manager. I think the the interviews have, have been positive positive. Um, it's I think it's very easy to say the right things when you first turn up to a club. Um, Getting things wrong like the city and not the town—done um, <laughs> quite well, always. But it's a brand new place for him. I, I think it's—it's it's a massive opportunity for him. Um, he's got a very good background in, within football, um, being at Celtic and being in um, being in Germany. From um, from his coaching point of view, he's he's, he's playing his trade there. He's, he's obviously learnt a lot of things. He's, he's coming into Huddersfield now, and and I think he'll have his own way of playing. Um, a week within the club is not enough for him to get what he wants over to the players. So, um, unfortunately, I think Saturday's maybe set him back a little bit. It, it was a poor poor performance. And, and like I say, he's got a lot on his plate, but the, the players are going to have to buy into it. Uh, he seems like someone who you will follow, the way that he speaks. Um, so, hopefully, he's going to get the group behind him. They're going to have to. Some of those players are going to have to prove their worth. Um, we were talking, Johnny, before, weren't we? It's, you can't always like your manager you know, there's going to be managers that you don't like, the managers that you don't like, that's absolutely irrelevant because you're playing for a football club and you've got to play all bet you've got to work your hardest week in, week out and and you've got to put everything in onto the pitch on a Saturday and and that's irrelevant of the manager but I think this guy, I think he looks like he, he's willing to, to give it a good go and and, and hopefully
3: it works. Johnny, lesson. Uh it's that seems a popular phrase doesn't he at the start of yes, the sentence from Matt Fotherham, that's a uh, Listen is the new Ithine, <laughs> what Carlos Corbran used to say. Um, he's got a fantastic death stare, hasn't he, Johnny? Uh, we saw that a couple of times in the interview and we've seen the Braveheart one uh, when he's in Germany. Um, what, I think what's always a good thing to have as a manager, Johnny, is is to, is to when people know you're serious, there's a look, isn't there? There's that thousand-yard stare, the old Scarborough warning. If you're like a mark, Fotherham's got this in spades. I think I'd be terrified if I was Augie, you know, if you ask him a, a tough question and he flashes that look. But um, so what have you made to him? And do you think going on about this, this death stare of his, do you think this is the reason why Matt he is here is to add more discipline to this squad? Uh, and we'll talk about certain disciplines as well as we get into the game because there were certain things um, that we need to discuss, I think. But uh, let me know what you've made of uh, of Fotheringham, the you know, the charm offensive. And um, I like what, I, I, I went on Stephen Chicken's podcast uh, as a sub because Dave was uh, ill. But I, I'm I'm quite excited by what Mark Fotheringham said, um, but like I say, it, we need to see the product on the pitch, don't we? But what have you made yeah. about him? or made of him.
4: Going back to your question, is it one of the reasons why I might have got the job? I think to to a certain extent, yeah, not not in that simply, but I think I think it, I think we kind of said before we um, knew who was coming in, what we wanted was someone that had the ability to to shake things up. That's not to say that um previous manager Schofield wasn't that character. Um but I think there were a few players in there who um weren't at 100 percent, be that bit of hangover, be that bit of attitude, be that just generally things have changed from last season to this season. I think there's someone who's going to come in, shake things up but kind of not not take not take any crap, not take people, not put 110% in. Um, and I think looking at Mark's two interviews and what how he's, I mean how he approaches his own life, how he talks about his family, um, the tests he's put them through, his approach to his career and his football, and simply the way he looks at you down the camera. Um, yeah, I don't think anyone, people, what I expected from, from Reading, and to kind of put this into context of the game, we might have made mistakes, we might not have won the game, but I expected running stats to be through the roof, efforts which is effectively effort stats to be through the roof because of the type of manager I thought he is and think he is, is not someone you'd want to go in at half time or ninety minutes and sit on the coach on the way home knowing that you've not put your effort in. You might have put a ball astray, you might have missed a chance, you might have made a mistake at the back, but he's trying to type of manager that if you don't put effort in, he will come down in like a ton of bricks. That's what I, I mean that's what I think he's like. So for me it was kinda of worrying that I don't think the effort was necessary there um, in the in the Reading game, but I guess we come on to that. But going back to why he's got the job, I think that's the main main one. Um, being is into on radio leads, kind of talks around wanting a manager who um, has worked alongside big names, not just big names, but big names who have gone on achieved things in football. Um, and I think he, he made a massive point of that in his interviews about the manager he's worked with, bits of information he's taken from them, kind of techniques and such. But obviously, he's made a massive point of the fact that he's his own man. He backs himself clearly. I think that's another reason why he's probably got the job as well. Um yeah, I was impressed. Um, I liked him as an individual. I liked his values. I liked um, how he talks about football. Um, and for me, we need someone who's who's got that a bit about them and is I mean, a bit of a... A drill sergeant is going to do that. So, it looked it looked good. It looked good on paper, but as Phil said, it's really easy to come on and say things. I mean, you've been through the interview process. You know what the club's looking for. It's quite easy to kind of say the right things. We've got to see it. I mean, we've got to see it in practice. I don't. I don't judge Reading against how Mark Huffington will do for us field. I mean, it's it is early doors. He has only had kind of his five sessions in three days that he talks about. It, it is early. There's a few little question marks just because, again, it's not that kind of, it wasn't a new manager game. Like I say, you're not necessarily going to go and win the game but you at least want to see effort um, from every single player and I think a few players still need to look at themselves after that game and think, what do they want? Do they want a career Aldersfield Tower at this level? Or their career is going to spiral like other players have and they'll find themselves dropping down the leagues and, and not making it. Now, we'll see what comes from Tuesday and Saturday. We've got 10 games now for the World Cup and hopefully we'll see an improvement but rated on his interviews I, I think he's I can see why the club have gone for him I see why the club likes him he's just got now to kind of get the results to back up that um, confidence that he's got in himself and the confidence that he, he had put in me through his, um, through his press conferences so yeah I think I can see why the club went for him and initially on, on, on face value I, I do like him
3: but uh, that's What's that's always that's really it. important is, is nutrition um, so the new managers come in there's there's a new um, nutrition, obviously nutrition's key but there's going to be some new um, Matt Fotherham's come over and, and brought the German method back with him that the club are very aware of and a couple of little things that have come out that we hear things is that there's a new training regime and the new training regime is a little bit crazy uh, compared to maybe what they've had before, um, I think they start at around about 8, half 8 And there's things in there such as robustness training and all sorts of things that we don't really quite know what that means, but it's uh, it's really interesting. But I think the question that everyone wants to know, Pos, is is what have you got for tea? Look
1: how hot it (laughs) looks!
3: Look at you can see. Steve's coming up, up, up. isn't it? For (laughs) anyone who's listening to this, I apologise, but Pos is just coming. Burning his insides. Pasta or something. Sweet and sour, sweet and sour pork, Chinese
5: balls, and rice. Nice. 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 Yeah, very nice, very nice. yeah, I, I think you're right, right. I think as well. I've seen the little thing that went round um, in regards to the schedule and stuff like that. And, you know, I'm all for it. I think you know, working out on training ground can only can only be a good thing. Uh, there's been reports of some players at town not um, sort of all pulling in the same direction. And I remember when uh, a certain other manager took over that I don't dare talk about because everybody goes mental for it, is he um, kind of weeded out some of the non or not so committed players, shall we say. So if a new training regime comes in and it's not as easy maybe as some like it, then, you know, you can you can quite easily weed those players out again and, and get a real squad together that can, you know, wants to put the effort in on the training ground to then transpire to winning football matches on a Saturday. So. <coughs> For it. I think the only thing you've got to be a little bit careful is obviously with injuries. We haven't got a massive squad. So, you know, if they are, you know, over training <coughs> likely to be over, not picked up. Um so it's, it's just finding that fine balance between training enough um, to get the best out of the players without training too much to uh you know make it have an adverse effect long term. We've got a lot of young players, some probably not used to uh, a full time Training regime, and then you know this comes in, and it, it's potentially more than they've they've ever been used to. So you know it has got, got a task on keeping keeping people happy in that new regime, and also keeping people fit. I think, uh, but yeah, I'm I'm all for it. Me, I, I like I like that sort of stuff. It's a you know it's moved on from the days of coming in at at ten and going home at two. I think as football now. So the more time that they're down at the training ground, the better for me.
3: It looks like you're about to be attacked by salad fingers. Just there, there's a plant or something just in the corner of the screen. It's just like it's like salad fingers talking about his rusty spoons. Um, I think one thing so we've got to say thanks to is thanks to Wales for uh, Pat Jones being injured and coming back from uh, international duty injured. That's always a really frustrating uh, thing that's quite happened. a bit to so the Welsh
4: national team. We've uh, affected sober's ongoing career and now injured Pat Jones. So
3: <laughs> <laughs> no thanks, Wales. Um, so he's out. Tino Anderin's ill, so he was out. So the last question, I think, before we go on to the Reading game, I think we'll throw this to you, Phil. Uh, It's from Doug Barnett. So I've asked uh, for a couple of questions online, and what we'll do is we'll visit those questions at the end because it's probably easier to do so and do them all in a bulk, although we may cover some of them during the game. Uh, And it's from Doug Barnett, uh, who has been on this fair show once upon a time. Uh, and it's put. Was Mike Fotheringham impressive as some thought in his initial interview, or did he simply come across as an overconfident, old school disciplinarian? This group responded to a studious CC, Carlos Cobran. Are they likely to respond to Mike Fotheringham? This goes wrong, and we are down.
1: I don't think he did. I think he came across as someone who, who really enjoys being involved in football. Yeah, for me, it it, it, it wasn't it wasn't like that. I think. All this death stare crap, it's just a load of rubbish, is that? You know, I, oh, I mate, wait until he looks at camp, you. So. <laughs> yeah, well, well, yeah, but you know, bloody hell, like, anyone can look at anyone with a bit of a stake out there and stuff, but I, I just think he's probably a little bit more intense. I think he's probably an intense person who, who like I say, has turned up to a club and knows there's a massive challenge. And going back to the training schedule, maybe maybe that's going to you know weed some of these people out if you're not going to follow him and you're not going to stick to this kind of the, the principle. I like it. They, they train at the same time as what you have your match nights uh, or, or if you do. So if you're playing on a Saturday, three o'clock trainings, etc. If you've got a couple of night matches coming forward, you'll probably train at seven o'clock. I like it. I think it's good. Um, I don't know if you. I, I can't know which manager you might have been talking about, but I remember when there were players wanting to live away from Middlesbrough and and they wouldn't travel over and they didn't like to stay over. I think it's important nowadays. I think the training is just as important as your games now. Um, so no, I don't think he's. I don't think he's. You know he's been chosen for that. I think I think he will have been uh, very impressive when he was first met uh, with Brombet, and I think that's probably won him over. Um, and like I say, you know it's time will tell, but um, I think it will be a great
3: addition. Cool. So the rehearsing over, and now it's time for the big audition. I'm afraid for me, it fell very flat. Town revert into a four-four-two, which was shown early in the season, really, to be unsuitable for what we have. Uh, John Russell in a two, in a stretch midfield, again struggling. It it feels like, to me, we've maybe gone back to July and August a little bit, uh, and the new coaches... Um, uh, and, you know, and obviously the new coach, Mike Fotherner, is finding similar things out to what Danny Schofield did, maybe, you know, in, you know that first game. Um, you kind of have to question, maybe, a little bit the guidance that he might have of the assistants, maybe, to do so, or maybe... Or maybe, you know, with the injuries and the illnesses, he's maybe not had much choice uh, with what he's done. But uh, there's a couple of question marks, I think, over the starting lineup where it's easy to say in hindsight, obviously, but you look at Turton, uh, Nakayama, uh, Redoni, and Dwayne Holmes as your wide players, and there's absolutely zero width in that at all. Uh, Nobody's going to go down the outside and put a crossing out of all four of them, which maybe inhibited us and maybe led to us playing a, a very restrictive way through the middle of the pitch against... Uh, a red inside who were playing with a back three and a midfield three. Um, I think the idea really, Johnny, was to stay quite tight. They were quite happy to cede uh, territory, weren't they up to halfway and just drop back in? And we've heard Mike Fotherham talk about spaces between the lines, uh, et cetera, already. And it's about sort of cutting off the passing lanes and remaining in kind of a deep lower block shape. And, okay, it wasn't... Um, it wasn't amazing to watch, was it? But it was it was good from a defensive point of view uh, until the first goal. <laughs> uh, what did you make of the shape and and the lineup in particular?
4: Yeah, I think it's difficult because we know he was at the Cardiff game, um, and it, we we played there a um, 4-2-3-1, which. He, he's a bit more. I mean, he's like the German formation. So not, I'm typecasting there, but I thought he might have gone with that. He also dropped Kamara, um, which he, he does. He does explain in his interview. But initially, on the face of it, thought was harsh. I thought he had a great game. Uh, I thought he worked well with Kasumu and I kind of like them as a pairing. Um, so I thought that kind of. I expected to see that going into the Reading game. I thought we kind of maybe got a little bit in midfield, which has been just a vacuum of quality so far this season. Um, and it was yeah, it was a strange one because you've got a midfield two. Um, well, when the lineup was first announced, I was assuming it was a four-two-three-one, um, as you'd expect. The players playing where they should be, apart from Thomas being on the left. And like i say when the game develops, you can see it's more of a four-four-two, which we know doesn't really work. Um, the same problems were there that were when Schofield kind of played that. Um it's the same players, course, the same problems are going to be there. So it's a bit of a shame. Um his rationale for dropping Kamar was not doing too much too soon and letting players like have a little bit of time to recover, which I'd get if it was a case of Saturday, Tuesday. But we've just had an international break, so I don't see why he can't play either side of a, a two week window really. So yeah, bit of a shame. I think for Match performance to being kinda of left on the bench in for the player's perspective, he's probably a bit disappointed in that. But I don't I don't think it was necessarily the the right team. I certainly don't think it was the right shape. Um in regards, to people pointing that out to him. Um, yeah, fair comment. People might have said that to him. Um, but equally, I suspect he's probably watched the matches. You no, know, from from when there's, certainly this season. And again, we can all see that you can't play um, Russell as part of a midfield too. It doesn't really work. So again, it's it's asking the question why can't someone who's a professional manager see that? So that question wasn't posed to him. He might have a reason why. Again, we we can't ask him that on this, but. Yeah, interesting. I think that's going back to it only one game, but those are a couple of question marks I alluded to earlier really was the problems that have you know I mean we've we've already ironed them out. We ironed them out against Cardiff, we've moved on, we've changed the formation, we've changed personnel in that midfield and we've kinda of reverted back to it. If Kamara's fit, he's he has got to play for me. Um after that Cardiff game. So strange.
3: Oz Phil, I think uh we'll kick this off into a discussion between you two. I think this uh should be interesting. So the the goals Reading scored were shite, to be honest, weren't they? <laughs> um, there's no other way to say it. Corner comes in, um, the centre-back, Radoni's marking the centre. And this is what I meant earlier about discipline coming in, You know, when we're talking about Mike Fothering and discipline and organisation. Town looks really organised against Cardiff. Um, and it's still the same coaches, Cheechum and Paul Harsley are still there. But I found it odd how maybe radoni's not bad in the air from an attacking sense actually. But I found it a little bit strange how Radoni was with the centre back and Jordan Rhodes was on the post. I just couldn't wrap my head around that because Jordan's a really useful defensive weapon, isn't he? He's experienced. He reads situations really well, and he's, he's actually really good in the box, isn't he? With, with clearing, um, Radoni less so. But to have Rhodes on the post and then Radoni there, just I just I found that really really bizarre. Um the second one, uh own goal by Lee Nichols, uh I think that's probably as much bad luck as embarrassing, to be honest. Um, but the attempt to get to the crosser by John Russell was wasn't great really. Um, you know, he's he's let him get that crossing too easily. And the third goal, I don't even know where to start. Um, uh, take it away, lads. I don't know where you'd start either, but you know, <laughs> the first talk maybe about the first goal. I don't know if you're muted, Phil. But uh, maybe yeah, maybe pause, the first, you go first, yeah.
1: pause. I'll let you go first, mate.
3: First, maybe the marking first. Pause, um, but <coughs> I don't know how you speak because Reading Redding actually had the lowest um, expected goals in the in the league in the championship. It's even lower than us uh, with 0.9 goals per game, and they've <laughs> put three pasters and all three were just shite, were they? Really avoidable goals, and I, I would do my it was do my Um yeah. I wasn't the happiest guy.
5: Go I mean, if you lose 3-0 and there's three great goals or well-worked goals, you you come away and you think, well, do you know what? At least there were decent goals to concede. But, you know, as you say, the, the three that we let in were all <laughs> shambolic, really, which weren't great given the big speech that we had about having a decent scaffolding and all that sort of stuff, you know, before going into that game. And I think when you're a struggling side... The first thing that you do is, before you start trying to win games, is, is stop losing them. And that defence should be the first thing that, that you look to work on and then build from there. I think one of the big things that we had last season where well, we were so strong defensively. You always had a chance. We were strong defensively. We were good at set pieces. In a lot of games, that's basically how we won. We didn't let many in. And this this season, overall, it, you know, House of Cards has yeah. collapsed. and we've conceded some awful goals and on Sunday, uh, Saturday, sorry, it's kind of summed that up in one match, as you say, Reading 0.9, XG goals, and then they put three past us. Um, so, you know, he's going to be probably really disappointing with that and I think that was probably the thing that I was most disappointed in the fact that he'd made such a big thing about this, you know, we're going to build from the back and scaffolding and all that sort of business that to concede those sorts of goals were, were really disappointing. I think, Probably Radoni, Mark, in there, centre half would just probably gone height for height, maybe. Um, so, you know, that's probably the reason in there. Again, I, I agree with you, though, Matt. If Jordan Rhodes is in there, he picks someone up who's likely to win an header don't stand on the post. Swap them, just swap them two over. Uh, I think when ball comes in, Radoni's not even looking at it. He's, he's kind of focusing on his man more. And where to ball is obviously going well. Second one. You know, I'm sure we've all been there. You know, as a centre half, I've been there where I've tried to clear a ball that's come across a goal, and you know, you are just stopping it reaching the centre forward. And you know, I'm sure it's happened to Phil where it's cannoned off back of him and ended up in his own goal as well. And it is, you know, you can you can forgive that, but we like you say, Matt, that cross shouldn't be coming in in the first place. That shouldn't have happened because the cross shouldn't have been there. And then the third one, well, like you say, if you just put some circus music over highlights on that. You know, it had gone down well as a. Terrible loss of possession and then indecisiveness. No one goes to the man, they both kind of track the runner, but no one really tracks him that well because he manages to get through. And then there's a little poke past Lee Nichols, and you know could have quite easily been another own goal if uh, you know, their fellow obviously is on a goal bonus. So he charges and smashes it in from a yard out. And when you're conceding three goals like that, you know, you. you <laughs> We've got to score four to win and we don't really look like scoring one or two. I see two. we
3: did, didn't we? We scored three shockers yeah. last
5: year. <laughs> we down there, but last year we got the luck and we, well, say yeah. we, you know, well, we did, goal.
3: didn't we? We did, we did. Yeah.
5: But yeah, I think as a first game when you've come out and give such a, I would just cut, cut the tail end of what Johnny was saying whilst I was dishing my tea up in regards to, you know, the way that he'd spoken and everything. I think I would fully agree in what he said. I went into you know, not really having an opinion on him to thinking, do you know what, yeah, this, this lad's got something about him and I think the first game away from home, the last thing that you need to do is give away such shite goals. You know, let's let's be honest. <laughs> Let, let's go and just defend. Even if you just go and defend and get a nil-nil, it's something to build on. Whereas now he's gone and he's conceded three. It's been a, not a great performance. Defence has been all over the shop and instantly people are asking questions, which is probably wrong because he's been there, what, five days? Or so, you know, but it's just how football is these days. You need, to, you need to go in and people need to come away from that match and say, do you know what? I can tell we've got a new manager. You know, people will talk back to when Wagner first joined in those first few games. Yeah, we didn't win, but you came out and you, you were like, "Wow, that was totally different to What I've been watching. Whereas on Saturday for me, it was basically exactly the same, if not worse. So Yeah. yeah.
3: Wagner got two weeks in Portugal, didn't he, with them before? Um, so yeah, but, we'll yeah, hopefully see yeah, that. But you, Phil, is there a confidence it. thing? Is there a confidence, yeah. confidence well, issue? I should I say. Think so. I think so. Yeah, but it's always the
1: same, isn't it? When you're when you're down towards the bottom of the league and you and you. You're trying to get a win. It's things. Things just don't go right for you, do they? Really. You know the the first goal. It's a it's a, a static header. He's it's studying attacking the ball. It's one of those things where yard to the left, yard to the right. It's either saved or cleared off the line. Um, it's these fine margins. Isn't it? The goalkeeper instead of diving across to try and cut the cross out. What if he What if he just stays in his line, turns out, waits for the shot to come in, and he house, cleared it? You know, it's, it's split second decisions. I mean, I, I think he did right to die for it, but if he didn't, it's cleared out. That for me, the third goal was the one. I wasn't too bothered about the, the first and second, but the third goal. It's a straight ball between two centre halves, and that was just it was weak. It was awful, and it like nickels kind of he was in between, and oh, it just it just looked horrendous in it. And I think that's that was the most worrying sign that it was it was too easy. Um, but the you can see the conference just drained, the conference just drained out of them, and, and it, it's gonna take something. It's gonna take some strong characters to try and to try and bring it round and win it round and and, and follow this manager and, and try and be a lot more resilient um, defensively. But my my concern was the the again, we talk about nothing changing. It's not gonna change in a week, but. Our quality going forward, there's no possession, there's no link-up play and there's nothing. That's what winners me the most. I think defensively, I think we'll be okay. That's putting it out there, I know it's a bit... But I think defensively, we'll be okay. I think it's what's going on in front that's that's the
3: biggest concern. Yeah, we've got nothing, have we, moving forward? That that was the thing, especially when he made quite a big thing post-match about having so many attacking players on the field. But apart from the corner, which Tom Lee's heads in, we've created... Absolutely nothing really, have we? That's that's the disappointing thing. Um, First twenty-five
1: minutes there were a couple of players where I totally forgot they were playing.
3: Mm.
5: Well we'll come to a couple of players. Yeah. In- so I was gonna I say about going forward, you don't mind that if you come away with a nil nil, because it gives yeah. you something to build on. But you because we've lost three nil, then you start looking at what happened going forward and there were no so you you've knackered yourself in both ends yeah. of the field there, because you've been crap at back and you've created no going forward. So, you know, you can if you come away with nil you can say yeah but we weren't really trying to get up forward because we wanted to get a point and we wanted to have something to build on and you can kind of make it a positive that you've not really done up going forward because you were scored in defence but because you've been so awful in defence what, what you have got to get out card for that lack of creativity going forward.
1: But you know, Paul's like you know, it's one of those as a defender, especially if that ball keeps coming towards, coming towards, you you know what you're gonna get from Andy Cowell yeah, and that yeah. and Zhao up front. It's gonna be tin-outs. It's gonna be loads of battling, and, and it's at times they did really well. They were physical. Andy yeah. Cowell on the floor all the time, brilliant. It started off brilliant, but if if it keeps, if you're constantly defending, you're constantly having to fill gaps in, then you, you know you're gonna you're gonna get found out, and and it typified that with John Russell not getting across. You know, we'd seen that when we played a three in the middle. It's, mm. He never follows that, he never follows a runner into the corner. It's a lazy, it's a late kind of movement into the corner. Well, if that's going if, to happen, if you're constantly defending, someone's going to make a mistake at some point. Um, and, and that was that was key. And like I say, it's, you can't just... It, it's a collective, isn't it? It really is a collective.
4: Well, I, uh, 30, I was going um, <clears> to <throat> yeah, say, I was, we were just saying before we um, went live that I've always backed this squad. Um, I've always thought that this squad was, was better than... Where it sat in the league, um, I thought someone either Scorefield, um, could turn it round, or was given the time to turn it round, or a new man came in. I thought they've got they've got enough to work with here to kind of push on and get this team to the mid-table. I mean, develop some of the younger players, um, use some of the the, the older players to kind of help do that. And I thought really we we sat below where we were, but it was one game. Um, it's isolated as one game, but from watching the <clears throat> the quality in that Reading game, it was just so poor. Um and like like Boz and Phil said, there was just, there was just absolutely nothing. You look at that Reading team, I know they're they're doing well. Um and I mean a few a few people slated us and we were doing well last season, so oh, it won't last it, what last I'm not gonna sit here and do that to Reading. But their midfield of like Hendrick, um, Hoyler, Hutchinson, do you mean they're all thirty one, thirty two, thirty three. Yeah, good careers. But they're knocking it around in and out, giving goals do you mean round the corners and like we we should, that shouldn't be happening. They're not um we we had a few order pros last year that, that probably played above their I mean above their kind of benchmark for, for their career. But then that Reading team it is a team, but it, it's it shouldn't be that much better than what we've got on the pitch. I'm not saying we shouldn't be we should be beating teams like Reading, that's not the angle I'm going at, but that sometimes it looked like you, there was different divisions between what we could do. when We had the ball, and when we tried to attack and make something, or just 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 get some pass in the final third, or maybe just do a combination, there was absolutely nothing. And it looked like at some points it was they were a step up. Do you know what I mean they're actually a level up those us? Um, and that's what really worried me because, yep, yeah, they, they're doing all right. But teams have put three or four passes them this season, and you, you can see why. Um and we just looked like doing nothing. It, it's the first time I'm a little bit worried that actually maybe I've been a bit naive, but actually that is there enough quality in this team. Um because at the moment, whether it's just like say like filter draining confidence that sapped a bit of quality and a bit of talent out of a few players, whether it's a bit of drive or motivation, I don't know, but yeah, from what from, from that nightmare of football where we just created absolutely nothing. Um it, it, it is really worrying, um, and maybe there is a bit of lack of quality. Maybe something does need to change, or I don't know. But yeah, I am somewhat concerned for the first time this
3: season, really. Yeah, I'm concerned as well, and we'll move on to some players. And I think we'll correct uh, pause because uh, I think he must have switched off before the end because we did we did score at the end. Pause. It was three one in the end. Um, I think I'd gone uh, by that but <laughs> It got <laughs> on in the car. Uh, John Russell, let's th- let's throw John Russell in. Um, and I don't mean this to be throwing John Russell to the wolves kind of thing, because he's one player that's struggled all season, and he seems to be coming in now for um, a little bit of stick online. Last season, he was a big crowd favorite, wasn't he? Big John Russell, uh, you know, even a guy playing piano, you know, singing the Big John Russell song at one point. Everyone, everyone quite likes him. Big smiley face, you know, good character. Uh, but he's really struggling, and and I think this Phil, I'll throw this to you, Phil, because. Young players coming through go through these peaks and troughs and peaks and troughs. It's, it's like that, isn't it? Before they kind of find a level, don't they, and and hit, uh, and hit that level. Big John's going through a huge trough at the minute, isn't he? Um, but it doesn't mean that John Russell is rubbish. It doesn't mean that John Russell is going to be playing Vanarama football for the rest of his career. There are ways to come back, aren't they, from things like this? But there, there are certain things that John Russell needs to do, and I don't think this group of players look particularly fit to me. Um, it's just an observation. Um, John Russell, particularly being one of them, just let us know, Phil, that there is a way back for um, a man who was a crowd favourite, isn't there? And um, this is generally what happens with young players.
1: It's funny, isn't it? That these, like you know, one minute someone's absolutely flying, everyone loves them, and next minute we're absolutely slating them. That the, the earliest opportunity is ridiculous. Um, we said last year with John Russell, he was thriving because he had players around him with legs. So they were were working hard, they were were doing the dog's work, and then he was getting the ball, playing, pinging passes, left, right, really confident on the ball. You could fire it into him in in little pockets, he kept hold of it, he'd play. That's his strength. He's at Huddersfield Town for a reason, he's not at Chelsea anymore. And there's a reason for that, because he doesn't have the legs. And the lad, he is what he is. I I wouldn't say he's unfit, I wouldn't say he's not trying hard enough. It's the style of play that John Russell, how, how he plays. And you've got to, to utilise him in the right way. We talk about other players, you know, you know, Danny Ward, we've got to get the ball into his feet, you know, instead of trying to play Jordan Rhodes, et cetera. These players have got certain skill sets. And if you don't play to the strengths, then they're going to struggle. And, and playing the two in midfield there for John Russell wasn't helping him at all. It really wasn't helping him. For me, personally, you know, I think that's where we got it a little bit wrong. I'd to put Dwayne Holes in the hole again. I had to put um, Sauber out wide, et cetera. Um, he needs legs around him John Russell needs legs around him he's not going to be that player he's not going to make a sumo who's going to run around Kamara all action, he's not going to do that so the quicker fans cetera, get it out of their heads the better because the poor lad is getting slit for, for performances but it's not his, his way of playing um, and, and we brought him into the club, as, as a club we brought him in because they obviously see something in him but he can't do that extra stuff that other players can, um, so I feel for him a little bit at the moment but on the flip side of that, he's still going to show his quality and he isn't He isn't performing as well on the ball as what he did do when he first came in last year. And that's, unfortunately, where you've got to go back to training ground and, and and work on your specific strengths. Um, so, yeah, I do feel for him a little bit at
3: the moment. Anyone else want to jump in on the Big John debate?
4: Yeah, no, I, I completely agree. I think um so we kind of touched on earlier, recognising player strengths and seeing what they've done previously and, and learning from it. And I think I mean, he did he did get a, did get a bit better when he moved into a five in midfield because he's ready play a midfield of three. So if he two on two, maybe it takes a little bit of it, but a three on two in midfield, it's, it, he's already up against it. Um, and like I said, the things that he does do well, the things where he, he does have strength in this game, he's, he's a confidence part of football. If, if he's confident, he's got players running around him. He's playing forward passes. That's the thing we really loved. He used to turn around and always play a forward pass and he could actually... You could actually pick out um, a ball as well, but those moments require someone to be confident in what they're doing. If he's not having a great game and he's going to feel the pressure, and he knows fans are getting on his back a little bit, or he knows not necessarily getting on his back, but he knows that there's a little bit of murmurs. And he, I mean, if he plays a couple passes, there's a bit of groans coming. Then it makes it harder because he's he's a young lad, and what he what he's good at, he's going to. Have times where it doesn't come off. That was all right last season because he play three or four forward passes, and might hit two or three of them. That's decent percentage for what he's trying to do. But now he's, he's he's not he's nowhere near that. And there was a couple of passes where it's nowhere near. He gets a decept. Was out of play? There was one in the Reading game and just goes straight out of play. I, I do feel for him because feels absolutely right. Um, and it's kind of a good insight from him and his pass. where we have brought in a player knowing exactly what their skill set is, and effectively, that can do something completely different or. Put out of their comfort zone. So how much of it is it on the player? Yeah, it's still a decent amount because what he's his strengths, what he does well, he's still not doing well. So there's that worth looking at. But it's it's asking someone to, to not work. And it goes back to what we said right at the start of the season is the fact that the reason why that's the case is that centre midfield position is is weak. Um, the players that we are playing, if we if we're playing Holmes in there, we're playing Radoni in there, playing Andron in there or Russell, um they're all, they're all not quite fit for purpose, really. We've not we've not got the amount place to play three properly or you know, to bring in a russell. We've not got a runner who can be like the O'Brien. And it, it's down to that recruitment, which is kind of you're asking players to come in and do a job and they're not quite right for it. And unfortunately, they're, they're the ones that are getting the brunt of the stick when it comes from the fans. So, yeah, do feel for them, but it's a bigger picture. And I think Phil's kind of like hitting the nail on the head there, really.
1: Johnny, who would
4: your um, who would your in If you if, would you would you prefer three in midfield or two? I, I prefer three. I, I personally, I put Casumu. Can't really rate him. Um, I probably put alongside him either Kamara or Hog. I probably would have played Hoggy if he were fit. I think they could work well together. And I think I'd, I'd like to get Rodonian as like a in there as well. Personally, um, that's what I'd probably look to play. Um, I think you've got a bit of. Experience. You've got someone who's do you know what I mean, mobile in Kasumu, and then you've got someone who we like to believe. In that I've seen a bit of. He's got a little bit of quality, a little bit of movement, can play a pass and Rodoni. So I'd probably like to play that. But I think if Hoggy Hockey, if Hoggy's fit on um, to make the bench, then I'd I'd play him personally. I've been a, I've been impressed
1: with Rodoni. I think he, he carries the ball well. Yeah. I think he's a brave he's a brave kid. He he, he likes to get onto the ball, and, and he's not afraid to. To run past a couple, but and put his foot in no. as well. So I've, I've been really impressed with him. Yeah,
4: and he's another example of a player who's been asked to play out wide when he's he's not a wide player. So he's again being judged on his performances this season. I think he's done okay given the background and where he is and where he's come from, etc. But how many games, how many minutes has he played in his preferred position? Not many. But you could you could you could ask that a lot of players. How many players have they played in third position? Not not many, and that goes to squad balance, which is a bigger mm-hmm. a bigger picture.
5: I think I think with Russell, you definitely need other players in there that can that can do his running I was pondering over it, and you know is he is a bit of a luxury player and he's potentially looking at you know maybe moving to a three five two with sort of three center halves um and then putting Russell in there with kasumu stroke hog a stroke kamara you know one of any of those three sort of combinations, just so you've got a little bit of legs there and Russell can could just play in front and then Rodoni just behind a striker. You know, as Rodoni is one of your, of your two up front, so, you know, just a little bit deeper maybe. Um, and then, you know, you've got issues there with who do you play as the, you know, the full backs on either side or the wing backs. But I think that I'd, I think that would give us good options, as in you could play attacking players or more attacking players out wide, you know, in your own games or games where, you, you know, you think you might get some and then you can play a more defensive, you know, sort of set up. Um, you know, when when you're playing sort of other teams that you're unlikely to get something against, and just try to keep it safe. But I do think that sort of central area, if you've got three centre halves, sort of you know covering edge, eighteen yard box, and then two just in front, in, in your you know your more mobile, sort of athletic players, if they can break it up and then play it quickly, you know forward to a to a Russell or you know, and then you can kind of move it onto redoni's and you know you've got somebody left and maybe somebody right. I think that could work well for Town. Um, I think just sort of showing up that central area is probably one of the main things that I would be looking to to look at. If if it means, you know, going a little bit more defensively in the short term, then, then kind of so be it. But for me, if you can win that battle on a 0-18 stroke, you know, 20, 25 yards out, get it to somebody like Russell who can then pick a pass wide or pick a pass forward and we can kind of get on counter time pretty quickly. So I think maybe that's potentially something to, to have a look at,
0: but... Cozzy, what's your favourite away day? Matt, it's got to be the city ground at Nottingham. Just old school stadium, you're right near the pitch. Great atmosphere. But there's nothing like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home ground advantage with McDelivery. You in? Order now on the McDonald's app.
3: At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com.
5: If he's not going to set up like that, I do think that Russell... Needs to be benched because I don't, You can't play in a two at all for me.
1: I think I think this is the biggest problem, isn't it? Like we're talking here about formations, and, and we're still unsure about what what the formation we should be playing with the players that we've got. It's still an unknown. Is it three five two? Is it four three three? Is it you know? Is it, what is it? You know what players have we got to suit certain formations? And uh, and hopefully this uh, the new Gaffer is going to come in and and, and, and have his own ideas and, and move us forward with a club with the, with the players that he's got.
3: You're going to set me off, Phil, because um, we have this conversation, especially me and Pos have this conversation quite a lot in WhatsApp, don't we, about the summer recruitment. And, you know, we've we've said this on the podcast, at the risk of going over all ground again, we've said it on the podcast that the summer recruitment, a lot of it seemed to be uh, going out and picking players that were talented, but their talent would come to fruition in between 12 and 24 months. And the here and now, everything seems a little bit, all over the place. And, you know, you look at Jack Redoni, I like him, but his end product and, you know, in the final thirds, not quite there yet, but it will come. But it's just not quite this level for, you know, doing what you you would expect, maybe. Uh, Kasumu, very good. Uh, He's got a lot of injury problems. He's come with injury problems, baggage. We know that. Kamara's got a lot of potential. Um, Hoggy's Hoggy's obviously Hoggy. Uh, Yeah, I think Kamara's a a special player. And you look at Game... At, at some of the other ones we've signed as well, Kate and Kessler Hayden again, good good young loan player and Betty, but again potential, and the here and now is is a little bit disjointed. I I I think we've kind of taken our eye off uh, what was needed. We have sold obviously Louis O'Brien and Harry Toffolo but. We had a really good chance to reinvent that midfield and to stop the over-reliance on Lewis O'Brien because that midfield was so reliant on Lewis O'Brien and the amount of work that he got through, his ball recovery, you know, his recoveries, his carries. It was insanely over-reliant on him. And we've now found in, you know, now we've not got Lewis O'Brien. We don't have all of those things that he brought and we've not replaced them quite properly in the in the here and now. kasumu I think, will grow into be a very good you know uh, midfield destroyer i like him a lot Kamara's is very good you know we need to look at the contract but tuesday sunday tuesday it's it's very much disjointed and we we're at a risk at the minute this season of really hitting the buffers because we really needed someone to just provide energy in that midfield and and you know a decent sort of routine of passing um and we've not not really got it and at the minute the jigsaw doesn't quite fit together i don't think properly but it's not far off but in in football it's it's not going to come before the world cup is it and we're going to have to sort of muddle muddle our way through there so we've done john russell anyway in the midfield but there's one more player i think that we should probably talk about and i think we talked about him a little bit last week and that's Sorber thomas Sorber <clears throat> still the target for the boo boys unfortunately he's the the david cowling of the 2020s some of our older listeners will uh will, will understand that um Good set piece for the uh, for the goal in the last minute. Got himself in a couple of good positions. Didn't look so great up front, but again, I don't think you can really say that he's not particularly working hard. I still think he's working hard. Sauber, um, there are there's a lot of frustration, isn't there? We can see in his game. You know, he he was doing well last year. This year, it's not clicking. You can see it's getting to him. He's frustrated. He's getting booked for descent. He's you know, there's some silly free kicks he's giving away um discipline again has gone a little bit awry but I think pause this is sometimes uh, you know and I said this before you came on you know you were, you stuck up for him a little bit online and you <laughs> and one thing that made me slightly chuckle was someone said he was your dance partner which I quite quite enjoyed to be honest <laughs> and uh Sorba's, Sorba's a player I think who needs to you know he's, he's a he's a strange character isn't he he's, he's well not strange but he's a character who I think needs the arm around him and needs needs the love doesn't he and they the stick that is getting, a lot of it is abuse online that is getting directed at him. Hasn't helped him. I think his head's gone from it a lot. And I think town fans have a role to play in trying to get Sauber Thomas back. The club have a lot to play. But most of all, Sauber Thomas has got a role to play. But also throwing that in, I don't think his performances are quite as tragic as what some are making out either.
5: No, mate, it's... uh... It's I don't know why we do this at Ursville Town. We we seem to Phil said it earlier, you are one minute you're an absolute hero, next minute you're you're crap and you're sold. You know, I think Silver Thomas has probably been a little bit of a victim of his own success as of last season. Um, uh, you know, he he did so well last year that people expected that to follow on. You know, he's still a young player, still learning. You've said Matt. Young players' peaks and troughs he's just going through a trough at the moment. You've got, you know, put yourself in issues. You've had such a good season. You've probably seen two or three players leave the club that you were maybe hoping were going to stay to build on last year. You've probably seen the manager who got the best out of you disappear. You know, it's World Cup year coming up. He's probably thinking about his place in that Wales squad. If I'm playing in a team that's struggling, you know, is that in jeopardy? So there's probably a lot more going on than just, the, you know, the 90 minutes worth of football. Um, as you say, Matt, look at his... I know stats don't always paint the true picture, but he's one of his most creative players still, bearing in mind he's playing on left-hand side rather than the right, where he favours. Um, I do take those stats with a pinch of salt because I think sometimes you see stuff like, oh, he's put the most crosses in. Well, you've got to have a look at those crosses because you know if they're not getting anywhere near the target, then you know they're not good crosses either. So it's kind of a bit of a, a mute point. But, you know, he got an assist yesterday, another great corner. And sometimes players like that can be... Almost trying too hard. Um, I don't think the dissent thing does him any favours. He's he got booked at half time for a kicking off, he got booked on Saturday for kicking off and you know, he just needs to channel that frustration a little bit better. But if I was always honest, I could I can see why he's frustrated. He's you know, we've come come third in the league and you know, he's buzzing and then all of a sudden two or three players leave, they're not really replaced and he must be thinking, you know, where where does my future lie? You know, I've had such a good season, i potentially had offers to go elsewhere, you don't know do you? Um, and now he's kind of sitting there thinking as the club taking a step back, and, you know, you, you're not, you not always 100 sure what's going on behind the scenes with stuff, you know, people have called me out online for things that have potentially happened a long time ago, that it's only just decided to come public knowledge since, you know, Huddersfield Town have had a bad run of form, which again... He's pathetic, really, for most fans that are outing him for whatever he may or may not have done. Um, and, yeah, I fully agree with you, Matt. He comes across, you know, I don't know the fella. Um, but I get the feeling that if you shout and ball at Saab, Thomas, it's going to do no good whatsoever. He needs that arm around him. He needs big enough. And that's where the coaching staff have got a big part to play because, you know, we've, we've talked about lack of creativity at Huddersfield Town, and he's actually one that can create Yes, yeah, we you know what town fans are like. We've you know we we jump from hot to cold to pele to bloody, you know, dog and duck style standard don't we players that can have one bad game and that's it. Um and I think he's just feeling the brunt of it at the moment. There's a lot of frustrated people at the field town with everything that's going on and for some reason Thomas seems to be the man who's taking the, the brunt of it, which you know, there's players out there making ridiculously more mistakes and playing ridiculously worse than Thomas but because he was so good last season, he's almost put himself in a firing line, which is it's a shame, really. I mean, you know, there was a video of him yesterday, and he kind of just walked across to away fans and just just kind of stood, which I thought were really strange, you know. But he's obviously done that for a reason, and maybe maybe he wanted to hear what people were saying. I, I don't know, but it, I just found that really strange how he kind of came across. Yet yeah, everybody's early in abuse him, and I mean, he just kind of stood there. I didn't really get that, you know. Is he fronting up to that bad performance or it, some people said he was taking the piss so you know I suppose it depends on what your mentality is and how you feel about him as to what you think about him. I just thought that was quite strange you know if it were me come over give a little clap and kind of walk away but he kind of stood there almost wanting the limelight maybe I don't know it Just that just seemed a little bit strange but overall I do think it is it is the fans' job to, to try and get behind, not just him, but everybody else. You know We've all got our opinions. We, we have it on here. We, we'll, we'll say players are this and players are that. But once that first whistle goes, especially when you're in the stadium, you've almost got responsibility to try and back these players. because People talk about being in together in a promotion fight. I'm sure Phil will know what it's like when you're struggling. Um, you need the fans behind you as much as you can.
4: I think it's like I think sometimes, especially like social media in this day and age you, you tend to get someone somehow start something and it seems it's like snowball snowball snowball. It seems to be Thomas and his performances and not playing or he's got a bad attitude or he's sulking, all this kind of stuff. But some of The stuff we've seen over the last two or three weeks on on Twitter and everything about it, it's just absolutely unbelievable like he to get out of my club he's not trying, he's not doing this. So there's one picture where he's just sat on the bench. He's, he's just sat watching the game. And I sit right next to the players in what I call Lawrence Batley. And all the players just sat there kind of like just chilling. Not They're watching the game, but they're just relaxed. They're not, they're not too they don't really thinking about what they're looking like. The camera's just sat on the bench. And the picture of him is like, look at his attitude. It's like he's just sat there. Mm-hmm. I think sometimes people just get in a bit of a... He almost becomes fashionable. He's like the fashionable person to have a go at. Mm-hmm. Now, if it's the case of his football, he's not, he's not kind of... Playing good enough or not playing how he played last season, then okay. There's ways to. If you want to have a go, if you want to kind of call people out, then okay. I personally think it helps, but fair enough. But I think sometimes it's, it's not necessarily warranted. Like if you look at all the players that are in that team, he's by far not the worst player, and I don't understand why he's being singled out. Um, maybe it's like you say, it's his own success. If you look at chance creations so far in the championship. And I mean, I don't know how chance creation stats are are made up, but it ought to be the fact someone's put a cross and it's it's sailed over. It's it's an actual chance. He's top, like he's ahead of Jack Wallace, he's ahead of Elias Chair, so he's obviously doing something, right? I think he's he's had a poor start. I think he's got better. I don't think he was the worst player uh, uh, against Reading, and I think positive in Elhead where actually he's still trying, he's still will run, he's still will give hundred ten percent, and yeah, he might need to just have a look at the way he has a little bit of a, a go at himself or the way he might have, I mean, in, in, in regards to like dissent and stuff, but he's not necessarily having to go at anyone else. He might just be to go at himself. And I think some people forget that he's only a 23-year-old lad. And I think sometimes people think of footballers, they should be doing this, they should be do that, they shouldn't do they shouldn't do that. They should be this person who never makes a mistake. And sometimes you have a bit of a tough time and you need a bit of help, you need a bit of support and, Ultimately everyone on this podcast everyone in the ground wants the same thing. I think having to go at someone actually do you know what I mean doing it in a way where it's actually nasty, it's actually mean, it's bullying, doesn't help anyone. And someone who, who stood there and is getting a held abuse at a twenty three year old lad who's you know is mean? trying his best and is 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 doing you know mean? trying to do good for for your football club doesn't help and it's a strange mentality I think people have got if they think that's a way to encourage someone who who they want to do well. So I think it's it's a shame. I know it's only individuals, but it's a shame that, that people do that. And I don't quite understand why it's that. Personally, I don't quite understand why it's at Solbert Thomas. I don't know why it started to be him. It seems to be the scapegoat, but it's a, it's a shame because he's a young lad. I think he's also quite new in his career. I think January only in January, he's only been at the club for two years. He's, he's come from non-league. He's not been conditioned into professional football like some other players out at the club as well so he probably might need a bit more of an arm around him he might need a bit more support I think fans might need to just let off him a bit and recognise that he's a 23-year-old lad he's only two years into his footballing career so give lad a bit of a break you know come on and he might actually then get back to where he was but I don't think he's doing horrendously anyway compared to some other people in the football club they might need a bit more of a rocket up their arse to be honest so yeah not just sticking up for him for sake of it but first I think he's um, he's been a bit of a victim for stuff I don't think is necessarily warranted. Yeah, yeah I agree. Oh.
1: You, you, you've run me round, Johnny. You've, you've won me round. <laughs> honestly, it's, it's 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 one of those, and it. I know why the, the, the fans are having a go at him because of his body language and because of his attitude. So last last game he went over and started giving it to to Reading fans. Um, he, he said a few things on social media, etc. His body language at times has been has been a little bit crap and. And what do we want to do as fans when things aren't going well? We want to start blaming someone. So blame, let's blame the manager and then let's blame the player who looks like he doesn't give a toss and he's not trying hard, right? Because he's showing it, his body language is clear to see. That's why the fans are doing it. It's nothing about, you, you, you've said there, his performances have been okay this season. It's not been amazing, Okay, but they've been, they've been okay. Um, but it's just an easy target. He really is an easy target. And Johnny, do you know what? I never really thought about that, but you're right. He's played two. What is it? Two years of playing in front of like decent crowds. Um, you're, you're in the limelight. You're playing on um, on Sky Sports week. And, you know, most weeks, and 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 you're in you're in the that big picture. He's, he's playing for Wales. He's got this name for himself, and everybody knows but Thomas. So, all of a sudden, it can get a little bit, and, and maybe he can get a bit of edge of his station, and, and he needs you know pulling back down to ground. But I think this that that on Saturday with a fan, who was waving money at him. And saying what he was saying, whatever he was saying, because I have no idea what he was bloody saying or what he was trying to say. That's not helping anybody. That ain't helping our club by you trying to make one of our players feel bad uh, for a performance there when it's a collective performance. So, whoever that fellow are, well done. Because what's going to happen is if Sober Sober Thomas has seen you behave that way, that's going to make him feel even worse. And his confidence is going to get even worse because he feels like he's not wanted by the club uh, by the fans. It's ridiculous, absolutely ridiculous behaviour. It really is, and, and I can't get my head around how many fans will will shout at the players. The players aren't going to go out and, and, and perform rubbish on purpose unless they're absolutely deluded. Because what happens is if you play rubbish, you don't get picked. If you carry on playing rubbish, you get sacked out of your club. Tom Thomas don't play well this year. He ain't going to World Cup, so he's gonna to have to. You know, he's. I just, I just think it's crazy. I really do.
4: One thing to quickly is, add on: um, I don't know. I didn't know. Asked it in his press conference, the the one pre him, but someone said alludes to the fact: Oliver so, Thomas and Jamie's not had a fantastic start, seeing etc. and Foddering, uh following quite quickly. Just goes, I can't remember what the exact quote is, but it's quite short. Something lines up. He goes, Thomas will help me master this club. He, yeah, goes, he said
3: he's going to for us, didn't he?
4: Yeah. You so know, you know, hopefully you know, you... he he can do that and get him get him arm round him and. Help him pull right. Direction. You know, you said
1: um, when, when you said before about um, we talked about like the, the video for the training and, um, and the gaffer we're talking to the players and in a little huddle. If anyone wants to look back at it, look at Sober Thomas. You tell me that's a player that don't want to play football and get better. You look back at that little huddle that they had with the attacking players and you look at Sober Thomas. I looked at it straight away. You look at his face and you look at his concentration and how much he was listening to the Gaffer. And anybody who thinks that Sober Thomas ain't trying hard or don't want to do well for this club. Look back at that clip because you're totally wrong. I'm totally totally wrong. His problem is, is sometimes he's just a big baby and, and, and it's all this and that. He needs to just get his head down. Someone needs to get hold of him, get your head down, do what you're good at. Simple as that.
3: Yeah, what I will say about the, the fans at, at Reading is Reading is a shite place to go to. It's, it's a rubbish place to go to as a football fan. It takes ages to get there. It takes ages to get home. And when your team play absolutely terrible, it's frustrating. I was angry watching it on iFollow at home. Um I never have never abused any players, never sw- never sworn at them. I don't I don't it's not something I get. Personally, I don't get it. I don't think it helps like Phil I agree with what Phil's saying. But I do understand when people lose it, when people get angry and and vent. It's part of the it's part of football to a point, isn't it? To sort of let it go and I think sometimes when players don't play particularly well. Sometimes you feel as a fan that you need to hold them to account to a certain level, and that's okay but, if it's that's within that's context. Now, though, yeah, it, it's like okay it's if it's in context, though, wants, though, Phil. Yeah, yeah
1: everybody but, wants everybody wants to blame someone. It's never anyone's fault. Everyone wants to try. And yeah, blame
3: no, let, let me finish it because I don't I don't want to sort of make it seem like I'm, I'm supporting that. But what I wanted to say was. Uh, before I'm completely derailed now I can't remember what we are going to say but, <laughs> but what I say is that's, that's part of it we always say as, as fans you, you hold the club to account don't you on certain things and that's fine but there are ways to do that there are ways to get your point across and there are things to say I've seen what some of the fans were saying to him and it's not right I know someone who was in the away end at Reading and he said there's a little bit more to it than that with the video and I trust what he, he said You know, he said Sober was a little bit more confrontational than it came across. I can't say for sure whether that's the case or not because I've not seen it. But there seems to be a little bit more to it than that video. And I do understand fans who do want to vent the spleen a little bit because we all let steam off in a certain way. And maybe Thomas shouldn't have put himself in that situation. Maybe he should have gone over, quick applause, run around and go if he's going to get stick. So I I don't think that's all on the fans per se. But you can't stand... And froth at the mouth and say you f in c, you f in c, and and come out with all uh, the abuse like that. It's just not. Like Phil's just mentioned, society. It's not in a modern society. You just shouldn't do that. I know people pay money and they and they think it entitles them to opinions. It does uh, and choices, but it doesn't entitle you to abuse another human being. At the end of the day, um, but I do understand the frustration because um, I was pretty frustrated at home. But pause, you look like you want to say something. On that.
5: I was going to say, Matt. The, I'll tell you now. I'll tell anybody listening now. These players turn up at that stadium about one o'clock. Between one o'clock and half past one, they park their cars in that car park behind the South Stand. Anyone's got a problem and they want to shout and ball at a footballer, I suggest to go do it down there to the faces. And and that's us. not. To, <laughs> that's not to go and have a fight or kick <laughs> off. Or not like that. Help us, please. No, you people handed out addresses, addresses in a minute.
3: Sober Thomas lives at this address. If you <laughs> want to go, are it see you <laughs> a car
5: park, one These people are quite happy to shout it. And Phil, playing, playing, goal. You must have heard some right stuff shouted at a place from behind oh, a top. you know barrier. If you feel that's wrong, go and have a go and have a proper chat about it. Like, I understand what you say, Matt, because I'm quite happy to, to stand up and you know shout and ball and get you know that's how some people are. You know, whether it's right or wrong and heat at the moment and all that sort of stuff. But, yeah, yeah. you know, as you said, you get frustrated at football and you do say stuff that you probably wouldn't do in a rational environment. Yeah, and beer is also and a factor, passion, it. isn't it? That's the passion of yeah. football. But, you know, cold light a day. Not just that fellow, you know, I'll, I'll speak for myself. I've stood up and bollocked players and told them that they were shite because they'd messed them up. And it's frustrating because sometimes I think it's frustrating because you know that they're better than what they're showing at the moment. So it's frustrating from that point of view. It's, it's just frustrations about a lot of things all at once. And sometimes these people do take the brunt. You know, he might have had an argument with your wife before he set-off. You don't know, do you? You know, all sorts of stuff come out of football that you, you don't normally say. But I, I don't think it does any good. But in the heat of the moment, as you say, it's understandable. But you know, if these people feel so strongly about it that, that that's what they're going to do, then do it in a do it in a more civilized way. Go down and have a chat, see what see what's going on. You know, do it that way. Because I guarantee the world.
4: It's a very um, it's a very English football fan approach, really. Talking like. Um of Berlin, obviously where Mark Flowers was before. I actually didn't realise this, but I've actually watched. Um, I watched the Heathfield Berlin game back in the last season. He was obviously an assistant. Didn't realise at the time. Didn't know who he was. But there, that was a team that was massive. Do you know what I mean, 7,000 seat stage, a massive fall in, and they're just like 100 behinds. You know I mean, they were they were awful when they lost and they almost went down, which was massive for a team like Hertha Berlin. But just complete support, 100 backing, chanting, everything. It's like it's a shame that. Um, I know we're getting on a bigger topic here, but it's a shame that English football, you have a couple of bad results, and the fans just complete a turn. It's mm-hmm. such a hostile environment. And like, you know, i I've, I've never done it, but Phil has. But I wouldn't, I wouldn't like to do that. I wouldn't like to go out and just think the pressure. If You make the first, your first pass goes. Do you know I mean, goes? You, know, you you mess up? And that's it. And you have got ninety minutes thinking, what about the next pass? Oh, I've done it. And what about what's going on now at half time? I don't. What's going to come out Do you know I mean? I think people forget like you say sudden stand and that kind of like mentality wage you know I mean it's us and them and you pay a ticket and I'm sure people act on a three o'clock on a Saturday completely different to how they act nine to five Monday to Friday but it's just recognising that they're saying would you would you shout that to a 23 year old lad walking out of his car into the ground you probably wouldn't if you wouldn't then just ask yourself why are you doing it in, in, in the ground and it's a bit happy club and say oh, we should all get behind the players and like, clap them and jump in the try the that's not football is it but sometimes you think I don't know it's a bit strange all clubs like this but we do seem to we do seem to get a little buzz off stick and a little bit of buzz of failure and things not going right and oh yeah we're going to, it just like it it's not it's not a mentality I've got um, but it is a little bit of a strange how English football seems to operate like that. it's quite unique across Europe really it's not sense. just feel
1: though is it because it makes no, it when you're, when, you're on, yeah. when you're on social media it's brilliant because you like we, we always say like oh um, we We've always got some of these fans that behave like this, and then next <laughs> club, next yeah. club, are like, oh, so we, all always we always we're have all some on, fans at like this, and there's always someone in there." Do you know what I mean? And it's and, and, and you know, like we say, like fair play. We've had a bit of a rant, and people have their own opinions, don't they? But but at the, the end of the day, if you've got to, you, you, you're supporting your club, and if you if if you're upsetting your players, if you're having to got your players, uh, and, and and Matt, you're right. You know, if he's if he's done something and, and he's riled them up, then then fair dues, but. It's only going to go one way, innit? You know what I mean? And your players—it's not—it
3: doesn't help, late. does it? Like you say, you're right. It yeah. just doesn't help, does it? You're bottom, yeah. we're bottom of the league, pretty much. And the last thing you want is—is is oh. like the players and the fans to be against each other as well. It, it all needs to come together as one, doesn't it? To push us up, and it's frustrating. From but but the thing is, the fans need the players, and the players need the fans. It, it works yeah. two ways, doesn't it? You know, if if the fans have gone there and given everything, and the players don't give anything on the pitch, I I kind of think the fans are quite right to let them know in a in a civilised way um, not, but which obviously let's, is very difficult let's, isn't let's it let's football circles it
1: let's, let's flip it though like imagine so like Town a plane, and, and, and to be fair they've grafted and they've lost 1-0 and there's a couple of booze from terraces and there's not much singing How would fans feel if players turned around and started going like what come on in danger you a lot singing you know what I mean like what are you doing
3: I do it's that to pause all the time don't I cancel yeah, yeah, like yeah, message him yeah. halfway you know, through the game we're singing shit out? it's You're right. Yeah, yeah. No, no. I'd be up for that. I'd be up for it.
1: The crowd are massive for those players. You you have no idea how big, especially in that ground down down there. Honestly, they're absolutely massive for the players.
5: I remember that season under Jacko when we were struggling. And it's a totally different mentality within a fan base from then to now and whether that's just the way that the modern world is and everyone seems a little bit more entitled to everything now than what they did back then but I remember going back and there were only well eight and ten thousand there sometimes and everybody went in and everybody were wanting us to survive and there were yeah yeah, there were there were odd bits of grumbling and you know you'd have a defeat and they might get booed off or whatever but next match he came back and it had that right we're going to get three points the crowd were with him and you know, some of the stuff that I get shouted from from crowd from behind me is, is ridiculous. In fact, my, my little lad, Jack, I will tell you one my, he turned around to someone at last of home game, three <laughs> rows back, he just berated Town all the way through. He just turned around and without even any prompt from me, he said, "If you don't like watching Town, why do you even come? Because all they do is slag them off." And I thought, "Yeah, why are you coming? What's the point? You're just going to come and Kids are awesome off? at delivering so truth bombs, aren't they? You know what I mean? Yeah, they <laughs> just, just turn out. You know, like, what's the point? And yeah, Get him on it's here. almost Get like someone waiting so. for something to go wrong just because it gives them a, an opportunity to call someone in. Whatever. I think they,
4: were, they, were booed. they were booed three or four, maybe five times last season. We mm. finished third up got to the play final and the season was predicted to go down and they got booed four or five times at half-time. You just think it's absolute madness, but... Like I say, it's a society thing. It's not just Huddersfield Town. It's a modern, it's yeah, it's local, a modern locals, thing. Bro. I think yeah. we should move it
3: on a little bit as well because we've delayed Like, like this, a but... disease
1: that built. Once one person starts, everyone's like, ooh. <laughs> <laughs> like <in Mexico>. a <laughs> <laughs> What are we going for? What
3: are we going for?
1: <laughs> <laughs>
3: like a ghost that film. Right, let's read out some comments on YouTube. So thanks to all of you for joining us online. If you guys could, uh, this is my begging moment, if you guys could hit the... The thumbs up and the like button, that'd be fantastic because it just puts the podcast under more eyes of more people so that um, we appear on uh, specific timelines, etc. for Huddersfield Town, which would be great. So let's go through some of the comments. Andrew Moore says, I could see some pressing for the first 20 minutes and the confidence of a team with a plan that was dashed after the first goal went in. He needs time for sure. I don't think we lack talent, just belief. Uh, Leo says a disjointed performance and a lack of belief in their ability midfield gave the ball away far too many times and individual errors cost us in defence uh, Dominic says I think we were paying one of the, playing one of the informed teams in the division with a, a confidence depleted team and a new manager I really think we need to give the new gaffer time people already digging him out Andy the K maker K says we're missing Phil's mate Matty P and the Rolls Royce defender that was Colwell at the back defence is where we build from and it's out uh, of form as a unit of five. Uh, Terry7and2 says, Evening chap, shocking defending Costners. I don't see Mbetti being any better than Romani Edmonds-Green. Gary Wilkinson says, I agree Kamara should have started. Surely not featuring his uh, hits his confidence and immediately puts some seeds of doubt in the new coach. Uh, and then Terry7and2 says, I said on Twitter, since Hef became defensive coach, we've looked crap at the back. Uh, Kerry Wilkins says, uh, says, we've got a defensive coach. Uh, John Shaw says, Phil's just stated, uh, Russell has no legs. Totally agree. But where's the midfield recruitment in the summer to get them? Kasumu injury prone and at present not up to it. And Radoni in and out. The formation discussion is a sorry indictment of the summer recruitment and Danny Schofield's tinkering. I'm afraid, hopefully, Matt Fotherham can find a system that suits quickly because if not, we will be soon cut adrift. Uh, and Leo just said, Sorba Thomas cupping Reading fans when we scored at the end, cupping Reading fans, that's a bit dodgy is that Lee when we scored at the end, a little bit embarrassing, yeah, I, I, Sorba's getting a lot of stick and I, think, I don't think he knows how to handle what he's getting at the minute or how to let it slide, hopefully uh, he learns uh, from that and we did Stop say, is the, yeah, is the stick Sorba getting fair, yes or no, 25% said yes and 75% no from uh, our poll, so thank you uh, to you guys for doing that. No one's clicked the uh, the like button yet. Shame on you all. Uh, but moving on, just going to wrap up uh, the podcast really for this week. And post-match, uh, Mike Fotheringham was quite positive, wasn't he, guys, in what he said? I, I don't know if some of that is a little bit of false bravado maybe. And then he mentioned Jürgen Klinsmann might be uh, coming to watch a Huddersfield Town game, which would be interesting. Um, what did you make of his post-match comments? How we thought we... Um, we dominated the play especially in the second half I kind of looked at that and I thought mm, I thought Reading were quite happy to sit in and just defend the, the 2-0 and then the 3-0 without really needing to take the game to us but anything and that and anything positive from the game itself I know I mentioned Ben Jackson as a positive and there was a lovely touch in the second half from Ben Jackson which was eye-catching but, uh, but what did you guys make of the post-match and was there anything positive for you in uh, in the 90 minutes?
5: Just something quickly, it just seemed to be one of those typical managerial interviews where you go out and try to f- be positive as possible. Um, he's not going to really come out, is he, on Lambasties players after the first match? So I think it was just one of those where he's tried to find anything that he could to hang his hat on that went reasonably well. You know, yeah, we had a bit more possession, but we're Reading even bothered, as you say, Matt. Probably not happy for us to let us have it we probably had a little bit more in the game, but we were 2-0 down. So if if we didn't, then that'd be even more worrying. So I think he just came out and said what he had to say, whether or not that was his exact feelings behind closed doors is a different matter. But I don't think it would have done anybody any good for him to come out and start shouting odds and saying that we were crap. It not do him any good, does it, after his first match to then come out and say that we played, you know, like a bag of spanners. So I think he'd just come out and, and just gone through a generic interview for me. Um Yeah, he said what he said and I won't get too excited either way about it, to be honest.
4: Yeah, I think he's only been in the job. We got hired officially on Wednesday, took training on Tuesday. I mean, one of them days that I travelled down as well. So I think to come out and tear a few players apart, tear a team apart, probably isn't the wisest thing to do. Um, If we continue to play like that, when we have interviews where he's so positive, it might be a little bit of a concern that he's not quite understand the severity of the issues, but I think it's. Do you know what I mean, it's hard to make. It's hard to earn anything. It's hard to earn anything too much from performance. It's hard to earn anything too much from. Do you know what I mean, what he said in his interview, etc. So early doors, I think it's just one of these time will tell. Like Paul said, I don't think too much should be gained from being negative. He's, he's new into the job, trying to pick up a lot of players, trying to pick up. Do you know what I mean, the mood around the place. So by coming out and being positive and picking out some positives in the game, as an interview as well, I think it's probably the right thing to have done. Really.
1: Yeah, tough, isn't it. I, I agree with both. Yeah, there's nothing really much to say. Is it? it's, um, it's just like the first interview that he had. It's he's gonna, it's gonna take a bit of time to get understand the players and and, and who he's got. And, and I think it's it's one of those where let's give it a month's time and let's see what, what we really made of. If we're still not getting results after the month, and hopefully his uh, two colours might come through and he might, you know, name a few old tools. But it's not like it's said, It's not going to help anybody after a game just to, just to call someone out. But. For me personally, my my thoughts were I didn't think reading were great, we worked great. Um there were no clear and obvious kind of well you're shocking, so it were it would just a, a box standard interview at the end and, and like I say, give it give it a good month. What are that, what are the what are the fixtures coming up? Who have we got Luton,
3: Tuesday, whole Sunday and the next Luton's yeah, a very after tough
5: that, one. Though. I mean, after that, after that. You've got Rotherham, Rotherham away on 15th. Then we've got Preston at home on the 18th, followed by Middlesbrough away on 22nd. And then right end of month, we've got another home game against Millwall. So we've got... Well, what, for me? It's a good start. It's some some winnable games there. Uh, yeah, yeah. We've so yeah, I mean, all... which is, you know, left. So we've we had seven, so we've lost one. Mm. Let's see where, where we are at end of October and see if yeah. there's a... I think that's probably the hard... My only concern is if we don't win any of them, <laughs> we'll be that far. Well, if we don't, yeah, we'll if we don't win any of them, we've
4: got real fun. Well, what do all... you do?
5: You can't, you can't, you can't sack him then, can you? You've got to <laughs> give him, you know what I mean. So, people are saying, Oh, we'll give him this time, we'll give him that. It do not matter. You can go if you have if to 10 games, if we even if we haven't won any, what they gonna do. I mean, I suppose I could sack him, but that'd be insane, wouldn't it? Really,
1: well, this is it. And we've we've spoken about how you know what kind of a guy he seems to be and his morals, etc. We need to go back to it, really. You know, it, it's an experience as a manager. So it's, yeah. it's you know, it's 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 a it's a, a really it's a gamble.
5: It's a massive gamble. gamble. It's massive. a massive
1: gamble. But yeah. hopefully, it, it, the, the the kind of person that he is, because he's come across that way, that might be the, the key factor in all this, really. So
3: who knows? Yeah. Well,
1: he's, yeah. he was oh. thrown
3: in throwing in the last couple of times in relegation battles at to and Ingolstadt, and came through one, and the other is one that they like- got relegated, but they actually won six out of nine the remaining yep. game, so I don't think you can do much more than that. I know you wanted to say something Johnny, but I think I need to read out some of the questions, but No, I was going to... to say
4: really quickly hope... Oh yeah, I just think Hull are an absolute sinking shit, pressing cards, score a goal, and rather than loss manager, so hopefully Zero week, points uh, it is <laughs> we, should, we, should, uh, <laughs> we should get something from, so fingers crossed, if I'm not just doing yeah.
3: Right, some of the questions we got through from uh, social media, some of them I think we've covered already, so uh, Dag Barnett says, I can't believe what I've witnessed since Wembley and hope Mark Fotheringham comes through because we look at the bands. if the worst happens, it's a long way back. Chris Carter, which is not really a question, but says, is, it the definition, is the definition of madness truly doing the same thing over and over again and expecting different results? Um, Dag Barnett then mentioned, supplementary question about how much it would have taken to retain Carlos Corbran. Truth is, we don't really know. Does the appointment of Mark Fotheringham smell of stubbornness, is the perception of the fans unimportant... Well, I think you've got to weigh that up, haven't you, against what the club do and how it sort of operates. And I think the club have, have kind of backed themselves, haven't they, in the way that they operate at a certain level. And they've sort of said, this is the way we do things. Uh, we're a developmental club. We bring people in of uh, talent and then we try and harness that talent and then try and push them on to the next level. So part of me did is, want... Is
1: that just another way of saying that we don't want to spend a
3: lot of money? Pretty much, yeah. We're no. trying to make a lot of money in the long run, isn't it? But I think Town... Town could have gone out and got an experienced manager but what level would this experienced manager be with the the money that Huddersfield Town pay I guess I, I don't really I couldn't sit here and name one confidently we could have gone out and got you know there's no way someone like Sean Dyche is coming David Wagner didn't want to come you know it's it's not the easiest sell is it with the the money that Huddersfield pay and offer um which isn't a dig it's just a fact of life uh, Dean know. Smith has yeah, Dean Smith has mentioned Sorba Thomas about uh, the abuse he's getting. Is there an agenda against Sorba Thomas? Uh, which I think we've covered off. But it says, how so How long can we keep shopping at Aldi but expecting Michelin star results? Dean, Aldi always seems to get top supermarket, doesn't it, in uh, in the ratings? So, uh, who knows? Uh, Huddersfield Town Family say, why do we think there was no new manager bounce? We had it under Cheat Show, but yesterday was as flat as it gets. Pause. you have a stat.
5: Oh, man. New I manager bounce. Oh, yeah, it was the... <laughs> we never have that bounce at town. I think Simon Grayson were the last managers to win his first match. And I think before that were Lee Clark. And then I think uh, Lee, no, Lee Clark I Ian Ross didn't. and United ridic- 2 or something ridiculous like that. So we never get that new manager bounce. It was the only team in country that never gets that new manager bounce. Hardly ever gets that manager bounce. didn't need a top of the league. It weren't like it was an easy game yesterday no
3: no that's that's right i are very much like we were last season where they don't seem mm. to create a lot or do a lot they're just very clinical aren't they and solid but fair play to them i had them but i had them 24th in the league so that loss yesterday was a uh, awesome. bit of payback for me being an absolute <laughs> shitter, so there we go uh col fronchak says 2017 we had moy 2022 we had Lewis o'brien two of the division's best all-round central midfielders in those respective seasons why can't bromby spot we needed to beef up midfield after losing such quality there Don't get me started, Colin. I keep going on about that every week. Uh, Dave Oracle, I don't know if that is because he is the Oracle or whether he works in uh, sequel programming, says, Sauber has the pressure of making a World Cup squad taking its toll on his club football. Uh, Clearly not the same player, but much has happened. Uh, We've kind of covered Sauber, hasn't we? But I don't think the Wales thing's potentially it. Um, You guys, yes or no? Same Wales thing? I just think it's an Uh, accumulation of the fact that we're not playing well. Yeah. What's that? Uh, Mark Harrison says, if you were the new head coach, what would be the first thing you would do to get a quick improvement in results? Uh, I'd go full Danny Cowley and absolutely ruin every single game just to try and pick up points and, and make the games as bad as possible. Because that's what Danny Cowley did when he came in. He pretty much went right. If the ball's in the penalty box, you kick it as far as you can. Just get rid, clear, everything safety first. Don't concede a goal. And we ruined games and then eventually started picking up that one nil, didn't we? We scored the goal against Stoke, didn't we, where we won one nil at Stoke and it really sort of went from there. And then things got gradually better. So maybe maybe that's the way. Who knows? Uh Dreams so talks about everyone doing the Fotheringham skip, which I think you alluded to a bit earlier, didn't you, Phil, with Matt Fotheringham's dodgy dancing. Uh Phil says it was awful Saturday. Leo's is is all over the place. Uh he mentions about the team lacking leaders out there and particularly in midfield uh full backs not particularly good I think I covered the full backs Uh, leaders lack of leaders we've got Tom Lees uh, at the back Uh, Lee Nichols, you were probably having your uh, leadership group uh, Hoggy on the bench Um, Rhodes and Ward up front I'm not too sure it lacks leaders Um, what what do you feel? but
1: but, but the thing is though we're talking experience can't come just as leaders though so and, and we've talked about this in terms of some of the players we've got in terms of backbones and stuff but when the goal gets tough, who is stepping up? Do you know what I mean? It's, we don't know. It's, you know. You'd have to ask someone who's, who's in the changing rooms at the moment. That's the, only way, that's the only way you're going to find out who the leaders are at the moment in that team because I can't see any on the field at the moment because it's tough. It's tough out there. It's, it's, it's difficult. So I think you'd have to find out within, within the club who's the leader in the changing rooms.
3: Yeah, Chris Moore mentions about Saber Thomas. Uh, Mark, uh, says, why does it hurt so much? <laughs> That's a good question mark. <laughs> Definitely at the minute. Uh, Footy kits for you says, uh, where was Tino? Tino was ill, unfortunately, and might be missing for a couple of weeks. Um, and then we've got Smiler L says he doesn't have any questions because he's still sulking at the minute. And the last two are uh, Johnny L said, do you believe we controlled the second half yesterday? I think we covered that off, Johnny. And then the last one is for HTFC Dukes. He says not a question, more a comment. Despite zero signs of improvement yesterday, Matt Fotheringham had only a few days on the training pitch. I'd say he needs to be given a chance to put his stamp on things. Ask me again after five or six more matches, and I think that's probably a decent way to maybe end the podcast, isn't it? So uh, thanks, Phil, for coming back on. Don't be a stranger. Hopefully get you back ASAP. Johnny, hope your young man has a good uh, rest of his birthday, although he's probably asleep, I would hope, by now. Pause. I hope that lunch settles well as well. So cheers, guys. Thanks to everybody online for watching us and uh, we'll catch you again next week and single man, reveal yourself
2: There's a team that is dear to its followers Colours are bright blue and white They're a team of renown They're the pride of the town And the game of football is their delight And all the while upon the field of play Thousands loudly cheer them on the way Often you can hear them say Who can be the town today And then the bells will ring summarily And every ghost shall be a memory so town play up and bring that car back to Huddersfield. feel So town play up and bring the car back to Hudders.